beautiful weirdos, and welcome to the Weirdoverse. I'm your host, J.D. Ross, and you are tuned into Weirdwide, your favorite digital cult. Hope everybody's doing okay out there today. I'm doing pretty good. I'm pretty excited. Got some really cool stuff coming down the pipe here soon. Going to be bringing some friends on for a new segment here soon. Uh, I hope everybody's really excited about that. I'm excited about it. Uh, It's going to be a good time. But that's not today. That's another episode. Today, we're going to reach out and we are going to shake hands with With pure evil. evil. Today, we are talking about the satanic panic. We're going to check out the origins of the panic and how one preschool became the battleground between good and evil in this weird self-created frenzy. Now, while we're on the subject, let's check in with Weirdwide's little mascot, Larry. Larry, what do you think about the idea of Satan mingling with children? Well, I actually think Satan is a pretty cool guy. I should be more involved with the kids. Hook them while they're young, I always say. Oh, no! So it looks like Weird Wide's mascot is coming out in favor of Satan. Looks like we're going to try to convert your kids to the Dark Prince through our obnoxious obnoxious little skits. skits. All right, enough nonsense. Let's get on with the demonic. All right, so let's start today with what is the Satanic Panic? The Satanic Panic was a so-called moral panic that consisted of over 12,000 unsubstantiated cases of ritual, of satanic ritual abuse, starting in the United States, but then spreading to other parts of the world between the 1980s and 1990s. It's no different than any other uh, panic that involved multiple people. Like, you know, you've got situations like McCarthyism, you've got the uh, Salem witch trials, all where people just kind of go off into a frenzy over some kind of bad, supposed bad thing happening. Now, it originated in the early 80s with the publication of a book called Michelle Remembers, which was written by Lawrence Pazder and his wife, Michelle Smith. Now, Lawrence Pazder was a Canadian psychiatrist born in Edmonton, Edmonton, Alberta in 1936. Went to various colleges throughout the 60s, uh, practiced medicine in Nigeria, and finished his psychiatric training in 1968. Now, Pazder was a devout Catholic, which was undoubtedly a factor that led to like where his work would eventually head towards. He was married to his first wife, Mary Lynn, for years and actually had four children with her. But that marriage was not to last as he would begin an affair with a patient of his who he would eventually marry. You got to love when uh, an entire moral panic over Christian nonsense starts with somebody who literally had an affair with his patient. This is a psychiatric professional. They're not supposed to fuck their patients, but he ended up doing that and then marrying her. Just saying, just, you know, my little, yeah, there's going to be, there's definitely going to be a couple instances where I kind of go off on my own little tangents here about the uh, self-righteous nonsense that is happening in this particular, this particular situation. Now, Michelle Smith went under the scene in 1973 as a patient of Lawrence at his private practice. Uh, he would treat her for years. Couldn't find the exact same time frame, but it does look like their affair most likely began probably around 1977. Uh, It was 1976 that she was seeing him for depression due to a miscarriage. She was actually married previously uh, when she apparently had a a full-on screaming fit that lasted for like 25 minutes straight, after which she began speaking like a small child. This is kind of where the whole situation goes bananas. So from here, Pazner decides that he's going to hypnotize Michelle. 
uh, which I did look up, by the way, if uh, hypnosis is reliable or not. According to Johns Hopkins, like it can be reliable for like breaking habits like smoking or overcoming phobias and things like that. But it isn't like well thought by experts to be a reliable for like memory recovery. Uh, the problem is that hypnotized people tend to believe like unflinchingly at the accuracy of that. And it can actually contribute to the increase of false memories. So, Michelle, you remember the perfectly sane person that just spent a half hour screaming and then started talking like a child. She uncovered some memories. So per the thoughts that came up through her session, Michelle claimed that through the mid 1950s, she believed that her mother had been involved in a local satanic cult that was used for satanic ritual abuse. Something that drives me insane with this kind of stuff is like the the claims of satanic ritual abuse always seem to happen in kind of like nowhere places. Like it always seems to kind of like it always seems to be just like like, yeah, some local farm town outside of Edmonton. It's it's never like where the devil would actually go. It's never where a cult would actually operate. Michelle made claims of sexual abuse and weird rituals where they sacrificed animals and used aborted baby fetuses to make baby wax, whatever the fuck that is. Uh, also murdering women and meeting with the devil himself in a graveyard. So Michelle is definitely coming off of some uh, A-plus shit. By the way, pretty much the entirety of the book they wrote uh, has been completely debunked as poppycock. Uh, this book would actually, like I said, go on to kick off the satanic panic of the 80s. But Pazzer and Smith were fully committed. Uh, she pulled Lawrence down into her weird wackadoodle rabbit hole, and that's where he stayed. Homeboy was convinced that she had uncovered memories of crazy satanic weirdness and happenings. So they set to work, writing what would become Michelle Remembers. Uh, at one point, they would even try to meet with the Pope about the rampant satanic nonsense that they believed they had uncovered. Like, could you even imagine, like, actually going to the Vatican to try to have a meeting with the actual Pope, the real Pope, Pope, like not only like just trying to get an audience with the guy or just trying to meet with the fucking guy, but like coming out with this story that you think you've uncovered some giant satanic conspiracy based on the hypnotism event that you just did with this chick. Now I can't actually find out if they did speak to the Pope. So I have no idea like where he was with everything, but the media the media did listen. Lawrence predicted that uh, when people heard what, what the truth was that they had to say, the truth that they were ready to expose, that there'd be an explosion and people would just be going crazy trying to, trying to bring, down, bring down Satan. And the worst part is he was kind of right. There was kind of an explosion. The book took off and all of a sudden, Lawrence and Michelle were all over the talk show circuit. Like, here are these wackadoodles on fucking Oprah scaring the bejesus out of people and Michelle punctuating the entire thing with make sure that you're careful who you leave your child with. Be careful who you let take care of your child. Like, all this kind of creepy shit and just putting this weird fucking idea in their, into people's heads. You know what I mean? Like, just just like, you know, it happened to me. It could happen to you. I, I, I bet it could happen to you. That kind of shit, like fucking scaring the shit out of people. What should have been two, one segment, insane people spewing weird bullshit on TV actually turned into an entire phenomenon. Like I said up top, compared to the Salem witch trials, and it became a modern day Salem witch trial situation with people just coming out of the woodwork with outrageous claims. Like there would be like some women who would claim that they would like give birth to a baby and then be forced to murder it in front of like this weird, like 
group of people as an offering to Satan. With all this hanging in the air, people were swept up in it, and people were actually charged and prosecuted with nothing more than hearsay evidence. Like, that's the thing. Is like, okay, the thing to remember here is like surface level, yes, this is a bunch of insane churchy housewives getting themselves worked up into a frenzy over literally nothing. But this kind of thing does have real-world consequences behind it. Like, people literally went to jail over this. Like, that's not a joke. All right, so that's a lot of panic already. But something that you don't have to panic about is today's sponsor. Weird Wide is brought to you today by the Pizza Geddon Pizza Pit. That's right, Katie. Evil Papa John here to tell you about Pizza Geddon Pizza Pit. The only revenge-based pizza chain in the world. I will take my rightful place among the pizza gods and condemn my former compatriots to a lake of molten mozzarella cheese for eternity with only their screams to comfort them. Also, don't forget on Saturdays, kids under 10 eat free. And don't forget about two for Tuesdays. Buy one time, get one free. Better revenge, better reckoning, pizza pit. We haven't seen Evil Papa John here for a while. It's good to have him back. For anybody who's uh, just tuning into Weird Wise for the first time and has no idea what the fuck just happened, just go with it. Just go with it. That's going to happen here and there. Here and there. It's just gonna you're just gonna be bombarded by random weirdness every now and then. All right. So back to it. So with the Western world frothing at the mouth about Satan, the scene was set for one of the strangest trials of all time. I'm talking about the McMartin abuse trial. Now, the McMartin abuse case wasn't the only unfortunate result of the ongoing satanic panic, but it is arguably the most notorious. And of course, because it was during the height of uh, Lawrence and Michelle's crusade, they actually consulted on it and added two people literally going to jail. So the McMartin preschool was opened in 1956 in Manhattan Beach, California by Virginia McMartin. Business was good. They were popular in the area and Virginia was able to employ her kids and eventually her grandkids there. Definitely had, uh, you know, like a little bit of a, uh, uh, what is it, the American dream thing going on, uh, you know, like got the kids working here. You know, it's a family business. We're, we're, we're rocking it. Everybody's, everybody's having a good time. Everything was going great, it seemed, until about 1983, when a lady named Judy Johnson enrolled her two-and-a-half-year-old two son, Billy, at the school. Now, Judy is someone that you could consider a real piece of work. A few months after Billy had been enrolled, Judy took him to the doctor where he complained about some backdoor troubles. Some said it was like, you know, some sources say it was uh, kind of just an just an itchy butthole. Some sources say he was having like painful uh, bowel movements. Not sure exactly what. Doesn't really matter, to be honest. Now, apparently she went right to asking Billy if he had been molested. It is disputed how Billy responded as to whether Billy uh, confirmed or denied what his mother was suggesting. But Judy just jumped right to molestation. Now, something else to consider about Judy is uh, she also blamed uh, her ex-husband for said that he had at some point sodomized Billy and apparently at some point had sodomized the dog. Uh, so Judy was a little bit off. Judy was just throwing this shit around. Whatever Billy happened to say, uh, whether he agreed with it or not. Uh, Judy decided to go to the police and claim that Ray Bucky had sodomized Billy at the McMartin school. Now, Ray, Ray is the grandson of Virginia and the son of Peggy McMartin Bucky. See, it's a whole family thing. Judy fully believed that Ray had molested her son. But what really should have tipped the cops off that uh, she was a little bit off were the other claims that she made about Ray Bucky. 
Judy claimed that Bucky uh, would sodomize Billy while wearing a Santa Claus costume and that he drilled holes into Billy's armpits, like literal holes with a drill into Billy's armpits and that Ray could fly like Ray could just fly. So, you know, Judy, super stable. I mean, like this is like legitimately like this is like kind of the sh- the kind of shit I mean, where like the 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 moral panics will set a stage that allows somebody to make the most outrageous claims that you've ever heard. And people will just go, that makes sense. We got to fix that. That's where they, that's where we are in the middle of this whole situation. Now, of course uh, the charges were crazy and Ray was arrested, but he was released because they had no real evidence. Uh, I'd say Billy not having any holes in his armpits and Ray not being able to fly is enough to call shenanigans, but I'm no fucking lawyer. Now, even though Ray was released, the police did release a uh, form letter to about 200 parents. And, okay, I'm no cop, but this does seem like an extraordinarily stupid idea. Here's what the letter said. September 8, 1983. Dear parent, this department is conducting a criminal investigation involving child molestation. Ray Bucky, an employee at Virginia McMartin's preschool, was arrested on September 7th, 1983 by this department. The following procedure is obviously an unpleasant one, but to protect the rights of your children, as well as the rights of the accused, this inquiry is necessary for a complete investigation. Records indicate that your child has been or is currently a student at the preschool. We are asking your assistance in this continuing investigation. Please question your child to see if he or she has been a witness to any crime. Or if she has been, the, or if he or she has been the victim, our investigation indicates that possible criminal acts include oral sex, fondling of genitals, buttock or chest area, and sodomy, possibly committed under the pretense of taking the children's temperature. Also, photos may have been taken of children without their clothing. Any information from your child regarding regarding having a, any, ever observed Ray Bucky to leave a classroom alone with a child during any nap period, or if they have ever observed Ray Bucky tie up a child, is important. Please complete the enclosed information form and return it to this department in the enclosed stamped uh, return envelope as soon as possible. We will contact you if circumstances dictate same. We ask you, please, this part is hilarious. We ask you, please, keep this investigation strictly confidential because of the nature of the charges and the highly emotional effect it could have on our community. Please do not discuss this investigation with anyone outside your immediate family. Do not contact or discuss the investigation with Ray Bucky, any member of the accused or defendant's family or employees connected to the McMartin Preschool. There is no, all bold here, all caps. There is no evidence to indicate that the management of Virginia McMartin's Preschool had any knowledge of this situation, and no detrimental information concerning this operation of the school has been discovered during this investigation. Also, no other employee in the school is under investigation for any criminal act. Yeah, they sent that to 200 parents and expected no one to, like, talk about it they were like keep that confidential like that wouldn't be the biggest gossip anyone had ever fucking heard out of their fucking minds so they began to interview the kids and a social worker named key mcfarlane was brought in to interview the kids and mcfarlane totally screwed the pooch on this one as almost all the kids denied the allegations at first but mcfarlane's interview techniques were very leading suggestive and coercive uh, you know, this is actually uh, this is actually a big problem in the uh, justice system when it comes to false confessions. 
this is actually one of the ways they do it is like they will literally have a like a, a, a kid or a person. Usually it works with kids like pretty well. Look at Brandon, Brendan Dassey. They will literally just ask questions over and over. And then when like, you know, they're not putting it together the right way, they'll kind of lead them the right way and then positively reinforce that. You know, with kids, it's really easy to do. They're bored as shit. They'll just want to, they just want to be done. They don't want to be in this process to begin with. So it's like, okay, you can have a fucking butterfinger. If you tell me what I want to hear. And then they're like, oh, yeah, that happened. Totally. Yeah, I, the, he murdered that guy. I murdered that guy. Yeah, absolutely. Can I have a Butterfinger? Cool. That's that's pretty much where we are with this. Now, McFarland's techniques were later uh, analyzed and are widely considered to have contributed to actual false memories. Like, she literally legitimately fucked some kids up here. Ultimately, 360 students claimed to have been abused. Now. Because the kids were all being asked weirdly suggestive and leading questions that were all kind of from a lens of like wackadoodle nonsense, Satan bullshit. Basically, they were yes anding these kids into saying whatever they wanted to hear. The kids collectively started dropping some of the weirdest claims ever. And again, this is what I mean. Like, like when you have a moral panic going on, people aren't thinking straight. So when they start hearing really weird claims, they don't stop to question that does sound like nonsense. And it feeds into this like just really weird situation. Now, of course, kids all talked about the sexual abuse. But in addition to that, they leaned into the weird. They talked about how they had been uh, abused by witches who uh, they said uh, they obviously they saw fly on broomsticks. They talked about secret underground tunnels. They said that they were flushed Flush down, down toilets. toilets. There was also talk of rides on hot air balloons. Uh, and they claimed to have been taken on field trips to car washes and airports to see live orgies happening. Can't make this shit up, except you can. At one point, they were shown a picture of Chuck Norris and asked if he had abused them. And they said, yeah, that guy abused me. I mean, here's the thing, though. It's like if, if Chuck Norris, you know, Chuck Norris is going to abuse you. You just got to take it. You know, you can't stop Chuck Norris from abusing you. Like, no one can. It's just, you know, if Chuck Norris wants to abuse you, Chuck Norris is going to abuse you. So that, that happened here. Chuck Norris just showed up at this preschool and just abused a bunch of kids because he can't, and no one can stop him. Can't stop an unstoppable force like Chuck Norris. Now, parents were so fucked up over all these allegations that at one point, a group of them showed up and started trying to dig up the grounds to find the secret tunnels. Uh, they didn't, by the way, because there were none. All right. Now, side note to this whole thing. I'm not saying this is like definitely connected, but like literally, literally only two years before this whole thing had started, uh, Reagan signed a bill in California that basically shut down the majority of the state's mental inst mental institutions. Uh, and then just like two years and in, in two within two years of that. Uh, some crazy bitch is claiming her uh, kid's teacher can fly and people are in are buying it. You know, just saying there's something to that. Now, any rational human, in my opinion, would look at the confessions of these kids and they go, nah, this is crazy. Right. But it did not go that way. So basically, all of the administration was arrested. Virginia, Peggy, Ray, Ray's sister, Peggy Ann, at least three teachers. Now, Judy Johnson, the wackadoodle that started all this, was diagnosed with acute uh, acute paranoid schizophrenia and died from alcohol-related complications before the trial even began. What is absolutely infuriating is that the prosecution managed to keep Judy's mental health status and more bizarre claims out of the trial. So, like, 
what started with all you know all this like the that dude can fly he drilled holes in my kid uh my kid's armpits literal paranoid schizophrenic they kept that out of it and kept all of her her wackadoodle claims out of the trial and then continued with the trial that's bullshit like doesn't that just piss you off so like these people literally lost their business uh because the school had to shut down and then literally had to go to jail and like sit in jail waiting on these trials to begin this is years. This isn't an overnight thing. The wheels of justice grind very slowly. The trials were the longest and most expensive in legal history, in legal history, lasting uh, multiple years and costing at, at ultimately $15 million. I'm um, pretty sure it still holds the record for most expensive, but I'm not 100% on that. Now, because there was literally no evidence, uh, any real evidence, uh, the trial was pretty much uh, rested on the words of these kids. Uh, and eventually the McMartins were acquitted, Virginia on all counts, uh, and Ray on most counts as well. Two of the jurors couldn't decide about Ray, and it went into a deadlock situation. Uh, a lot of people did believe that Ray had possibly, like, it is possible that he molested some of the kids. But with the sheer amount of fake bullshit, they couldn't say conclusively because it just got lost in the nonsense. Uh, Ray was actually retried a little while later on the accounts that the first trial couldn't sign on uh, and the same result happened, at which point he was finally cleared of the charges and set free. This man, on the word of some kids basically just like trying to get butterfingers and like not get in trouble and just go home, had spent literally five years in jail, like just on the word of some kids. It's not insane. Now, like I said, no one is really sure if anything actually did happen. Ray may have molested some of the kids. Like, it's very possible. I don't know. I wasn't there. But he may have also been totally innocent. And the thing is, we will now never truly know. He did serve some time, so it is what it is. Some of the kids to this day believe that Ray abused them. Uh, but many others were literally like, yeah, we we made that up. We we they, like A lot of like the kids have come forward now that they're adults and have literally been like, yeah, we made that shit up dude like some firmly believe it though and that's the false memories thing it's like very easy to think that this really did happen one of the kids even said about how he had told the you know the cops and all that that ray had abused him but he and ray had never even met they didn't even know each other he just yeah that's a guy shut norris so the satanic panic did eventually wind down people gradually stopped blaming satan for everything at least for a while uh, but this literally is only one of the like this is just scratching the surface. This is just one of the most well more well-known cases of a victim of the satanic panic. Many other schools and daycares were raided by the police over this, and other people have gone to jail uh over the belief that Satan satanic forces had been at work. The West Memphis Three is a great example. Uh three boys were accused of murder and sent to prison with almost no evidence besides the belief that they had been involved in a satanic cult and had murdered for Satan. But that's a different episode for a different day. And while the 80s panic has died down and has spawned another panic, uh, man, uh, has spawned another panic movement entirely, as these things unfortunately do. They tend to evolve into different panics. Uh, satanic panic is back today as QAnon, and I truly think it is proof that we are getting dumber as a species. Uh, but luckily, it does seem like uh, the Q nonsense is starting to fade a little bit, which is that's pretty cool. So. From the Salem witch trials to McCarthyism to panicking about the devil or thinking some mysterious guy named Q has all the answers you're looking for, we honestly can't, as a species, seem to escape this particular pattern. 
history has taught us that it isn't a question of if we'll experience another movement like this, but when. How the next one will play out, only time will tell. Well, thanks for getting weird with me. Uh, it's been it's been awesome. I love this. Uh, I've, I've been really interested in this topic for a while. I hope everybody enjoyed it. hope everybody had fun. If you like what you're hearing and you feel so inclined, please leave a review on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, helps with visibility of the show. Uh, it's a good way to support the show for free. You know, doesn't cost anything. Just a couple of kind words, maybe a five-star review. If you're following on YouTube, you like to watch on, you like to watch you know, the video portion of the whole thing, uh, make sure to subscribe. Make sure to leave a comment. Let me know what you think. If you want to check me out on the interwebs, uh, you know, the different social medias, you can get me on TikTok and Instagram as Dudas Weirdo. And if you want to email the show, uh, any suggestions for future episodes, I missed anything. Yeah, you got a weird experience you want to tell me about, you want me to relate to the other weirdos, email the show at weirdwidepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, like I said, uh, like I said up top, I got some uh, got some fun shit coming down the line uh, soon. So uh, please stay tuned for that. Uh, hopefully next week, uh, have a really uh, fun show for everybody for that. Uh, so tune in next week for more strangeness. And until then, keep it weird. Keep it weird.